What is up? What is good, my friends? Welcome back to a Friday episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast, where I'm here solo by myself to give you some life updates, I guess you could say, but also one big thing to munch on throughout the week and to get you thinking what I have been thinking about this week and some realizations I made. So to hop straight into it, we always start with some form of a life update in pertaining to health, spirituality, uh, lifestyle stuff that I've picked up throughout the week and think would be helpful just to get you thinking. It's no solidified advice, really, but just realizations I've made from moment to moment. So the first one is I've been, a lot of you know or have been staying updated with where I'm at in terms of my physique, in terms of my diet choices. And recently I've just been eating a lot of fruit, been following the bioenergetic model where most of my carbs, which is now like 400 grams of carbs a day, is mostly coming from um, fruit, uh, milk, dairy, so like natural sugars from those. I have been incorporating some starches like potatoes, white bread, sourdough. Uh, I've been enjoying some bagels, so like blueberry bagels. I make sure they don't have seed oils because, man, seed oils, they... they they hide them in fucking everything, man. I saw a post on Twitter yesterday where like IV bags, IV bags for people in the hospital had like 20 milligrams of soybean oil, <laughs> which seems kind of fucking stupid to me, but I, I don't know anything about that, so I can't really speak on it. just seems very, it doesn't seem like good practice, but uh, I've been watching a lot of the OG fitness people that I used to watch all the time and i've recently hopped on jeff nippard's five day high frequency full body workouts and been uh, filling out the spreadsheets for that and have been rediscovering my love for lifting specifically so i'm getting very serious about that and dialed in to gain some strength gain some muscle over the next year or so and without alcohol or seed oils, I feel like it'll be seamless, and I feel like I will make the most gains that I have in my entire life. So I'm really looking forward to staying disciplined and dedicated to the craft of lifting or bodybuilding or powerlifting. I don't know, just building a solid base so if I ever do want to compete in something, uh, I can. I don't think my... Genetics, I, I have a few muscle imbalances, and I don't know if my uh, genetic potential is good for physique or bodybuilding competition, but maybe a powerlifting competition, we'll see. I honestly don't know, and I'm just doing it for the love of the sport right now, but it, it's kind of weird. I was watching a Jeff Nippard video. I was watching some of like highly rated or highly respected people in the health industry, and it's like compared to Twitter or the whole holistic health thing that's going on on Twitter, they eat like dog shit, man. Like they're eating uh, like beyond beef and all of this other stuff and just adding in this, these weird combos of things just to hit macros. But it does make you sit back and think like how unhealthy are these people actually, right? Because I like to 
approach things from an open mind and I used to be hardcore if it fits your macros and just eat whatever I want and I could maintain my physique pretty well and I don't remember myself being super low energy so I'm trying to decipher okay who does all of this health advice on Twitter pertain to does it actually have a huge increase in energy are we just overthinking this stuff and trying to solve problems that we don't have do we have problems that we are unaware of or that these uh, well-respected health enthusiasts or influencers like do they have problems that they're just not aware of or like would they fix it they value health so much that why are they not doing this stuff it just makes you think right it makes you think like what is the right way of doing this and are all of these things going to cause long-term problems for them like are, are, are these bodybuilders and health influencers that are chugging um like brain energy drinks and having white bread and uh, all this other like seed oil stuff and the beyond beef and all of this stuff like are, are they just going to suffer from chronic disease earlier than other people or do they just have have a higher risk of it and maybe I honestly don't know. I'm getting analyzed and optimized on the podcast this weekend, and I have some questions about sugar, but it seems like no one can give me a set answer on this thing, and I, I plan on bringing a lot of them onto the podcast as well, and I'll, <laughs> I, I don't think they are aware of the whole holistic health space, but it'll be fun to probe them with that question and see what they have to say about it. And that's really all I have for health updates. It's, it's, I'm excited to get back into the whole lifting scene. Like seriously, I've been lifting, but I haven't tripled down on it, right? So maybe that's a lesson for the health updates is I was trying so many different things. I'm a big fan of experimentation, but it's it was spread out. It was My focus was spread out and I wasn't really seeing results in many things or at least truly enjoying the process, right? Having something that I can immerse myself in and actually dedicate myself to. It's like I was doing running, sprinting, a uh, certain style of training, and it's, it was just habitual. It was a part of my day that I just did and got done, but I feel like there is more to be had when you immerse yourself in one area of health and go all in on it and just be very, very methodical methodical about your approach and enjoy that methodical process of making progress there. Hyper-focused, deep, narrow focus is what yields the best results. So if you want to join me, uh, either buy Jeff Nippert's program or <laughs> well, we have Coach Raj going to be doing a training for Modern Mastery HQ, the private community, where he's going to go over how to kind of craft your own training program. We already have a lot of health stuff in there regards to training, nutrition, and other things. A lot of you think it's just business stuff. It's not. It's everything. But uh, in terms of spiritual updates, nothing really. I, I feel like I'm coming out of some sort of a low period, even though it wasn't that low. It was kind of just like I was floating by, maintaining my habits, maintaining my work, but I, I didn't have that, what would you call it? 
not purpose, but it, it wasn't super high energy. I wasn't, it wasn't flowing naturally. I, I think the biggest example of this is the book. I started writing my book, The Art of Focus, uh, t- three months ago, three or four months ago. And at first, when I started writing it, it just flowed. Like within two months, I had 130 pages written, which is nuts for me. I, I've never written that much at, like for one project in my life, right? And so then the month or two after that, it was kind of a drag, right? I couldn't figure out what to write, even though I have it all outlined. The book is pretty much written. I just have to write and expand on it. But I've written like 20 pages in that time, right? And now the words this morning are starting to flow more and more. And I think it says a lot because there are ebbs and flows to life. There are high points. There are low points. It's just natural. Even if your health is top tier, right? Because even with top tier health, there is a lot of other things that impact your energy and your motivation and just your idea generation. Yeah, you need to stay disciplined. It's a great thing to do. But the work quality is not always going to be the best of the best of the best. And I was okay with that. I I just knew it was going to happen. I knew that it was a low point. I didn't let it affect me. I wrote what I could. And I kept up with other things. It's like productive procrastination where I didn't have the inspiration or other things to write the book as effectively as I wanted to. So I put my attention into uh, reading more, uh, absorbing more knowledge, focusing on my health more, as you may have noticed, and like putting some more effort into Twitter or YouTube or something else, right? That kind of pulls your attention and you feel like you can make good progress on that. So that's just one uh, example of coming out of this low period. I don't know if it's a collective thing or if the the energy of the earth is shifting, like a lot of people would say, but uh, I definitely feel like the seasonal change and it getting colder, especially in Arizona where it's usually hot, did affect me to some extent. So now I want to talk about something that's been on my mind quite a bit recently because I am a creator and I would argue that everyone on social media or is a solopreneur, coach, freelancer, etc., etc., is a creator, right? And so I've been, I've heard the, the term creator economy multiple times before and I didn't realize the depth that existed there, right? Because the way that I'm thinking of it now is that it is and will continue to grow as a self-sustaining utopia. Things will start to go more into the hands of the individual as opposed to the big business. This is something that's been happening in e-commerce over the past decade is that, uh, All of these e-commerce brands that are more personalized and dedicated to another specific person or individual can raise their prices and they sell a lot more to compared to the big businesses like 
Amazon. They have more of a, a loyal following. They don't necessarily sell more per se, but they they have a more dedicated following and they are making more than enough money for themselves, right? And this can go into the whole lifestyle uh, lifestyle business thing where something like Daniel Vasallo said where you don't need to build a $1 billion business. You need to build a business that sustains the lifestyle you want to have with a little bit of extra money on top. I'm a firm believer of that because I I went through a period where I was super dedicated on making a lot of money. I did make a lot of money and eventually just realized like, hey, I've made more than enough than I will ever need. And so I've kind of cut back to a sustainable level until that time comes where I want to build something out and make a lot of money again. But back to the creator economy, that sets the scene, right? Because anyone can become a creator and make more than enough money to sustain the lifestyle they want. And a lot of people have uh, misperceptions on how much money they can actually make or what is a lot of money in relation to the creator economy where money is just flowing or just the online money in general, the flow of cash and how much you can take for yourself is heavily misconstrued and you don't think you can make that much uh, because when I was younger, right, I went to college and was trying to make things work for the longest time. I thought that like a thousand dollar client was a lot of money when in reality business are, businesses are paying like the lowest tier employee 2000 or so a month, right? It, it, it my brain didn't register that and it's hard to understand how much money you can actually make without actually making it because it won't be solidified into your head until you land that first five, ten, twenty thousand dollar client with minimal work on your end. Or if you sell fifty thousand dollars worth of digital products, you, you you don't make that connection that you can actually do it until you do. So that's the first thing is understanding that one, you can make a lot of money. I mean, there's people with uh, 50,000 followers that are, ma- that are making millions of dollars a year. There are people with 10,000 followers that are making 5,000 a month. It, it, it ranges across the board, but there are important skills like marketing and sales and just understanding the platform in general that you have to know in order to monetize. One example, I'm writing a, an article about this in MMHQ. But I had, when I started on Twitter, I had some previous experience. I had my web design freelancing business at the time. And when I started, I understood marketing sales and some form of advertising and social media. And when I had 300 followers, I have screenshots of this. I went back and looked today so I could actually write the article. But when I had 300 followers on Twitter, I was making $3,000 a month in digital product sales right? A course that I created and I had 300 followers. Now there are ways that I went about doing that and how I grew. And that is not including my freelance web design income, which I was landing more clients via Twitter there. So if you do things right and follow the advice that is actually in courses and other things like Modern Mastery HQ, then you can make money pretty quickly. And that's where a lot of people fail. It's like cold, what Cold Email Wizard tweeted about the other day 
and he has a course, Cold Email Mastery, for freelancers, agencies, and coaches for landing clients. And he's like, the, the only people that don't make money through his course, Cold Email Mastery, are the ones that don't send emails. And you would be surprised at how many people that is, right? It's literally just a matter of focus and action for one to two hours a day for some people at least to knock out those lever-moving tasks. Now, I'm going a bit off on a tangent here because I just want to show you what's possible for an individual on the internet, and I'm going to start talking about the creator economy a lot more. I'm going to make it a part of my brand because it just fits in so well. A creator, I mean, <laughs> you could tie this into the spiritual aspect of things or even the personal growth aspect of things. You create your own reality. You create your own life. Uh, you create for on the internet. You pass down your lessons, your experiences that you have attained through self-development and skill acquisition and studying your interests and becoming a master, like mastering something, modern mastery. So it ties in really well, and it does a better job at explaining <laughs> the creator economy than me trying to make up a concept. But let, let's break it down. So there's in traditional business right? You've heard, you may have heard of B2B, business to business, or B2C, which is business to customer. So B2B is like freelance where, uh, or like an agency where you hit up another business and you work with them. And then B2C is business to customer where it's like e-commerce product, e-commerce products where you buy from a website, they ship the product to you and you are the customer. You're not a business. And then there's C2C, which is creator to creator, right? And there are a lot of creators, a lot of small online business owners that are posting content. They are creating value. They are creating products, physical and digital. They're creating services. They're creating mentorships, uh, education, literally anything. A lot of people see this and they only see courses, coaching and something else when in reality it's everything it's just selling something from a personal brand from a creator point of view not as a big business right and why this is so great is because if you understand personal brands there are like you are your own niche you cannot be competed with you there is no competition there because people you're listening to this podcast hopefully because you resonate with me, right? There's some form of a connection there. Uh, you like my content on Twitter. You like the way I talk. And all of this was developed over time, right? My first tweets sucked bad. You wouldn't resonate with that person. It just took time and consistency, studying, learning, teaching, creating, not getting sucked into these distractions and self-destructive uh, habits and everything else and just trying to pursue the only path worth pursuing in life right? So the C2C model, the creator to creator model, it's, <laughs> I mean, it can, it can, you can take it from the perspective where this is where a lot of people start calling people out for scams because they're naive and have no awareness of the creator economy. But you see the tweets all the time where it's like, uh, coaches need coaches, right? Which is true. Like you, you need someone ahead of you to actually help you get to a specific point and you need to continue your learning, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one form of creator to creator business where 
creators are helping each other with their skills, right? I hire a coach for health if I wanted to. I can hire a coach for mindset, for performance, for business systems, for marketing, for any interest imaginable, right? I can hire anyone. But then there's services as well. So there's accounting, there's uh, web design, there's all of this business stuff, there's probably home services. Like imagine a personal brand that has a home service business where they can uh, create an app that maids can sign up for and go and clean your house or something like that. And it's marketed through a personal brand, right? So you're attracting people that vibe with that message and you're not relying on uh, and those grow better on social media, by the way. And you, you don't have to pay for traffic. You don't have to pay for ads. You don't have to do all of this uh, conventional online marketing stuff. You just create a brand based on what you like doing. And then you sell whatever you want according to your interests and what you can teach and what you've seen results in. And so there's like services like that, but then there's also physical products, right? You don't have to sell a physical product from a brand. I can go and sell a physical planner if I wanted to. There's people like Grimhood on Twitter, holistic health guy who has his own apothecary where he's selling like natural supplements and herbs. There's the van man who is selling uh, non-fluoridated toothpaste, like homemade toothpaste. And then again, Daniel Vasallo, he created cutting boards, like homemade cutting boards. He just makes cutting boards and sells them through his personal brand. There's Carnivore Aurelius, who's selling beef liver jerky. Like You can create any of this stuff and sell it from a personal brand and join the creator-to-creator creator economy, and it's self-sustaining. It's one of the best niches to go into and work with the people there because everyone is so dead set on improvement and buying things that will improve their lives. It's a self-sustaining economy where the bullshit does just not exist. So another way to think of this is that uh, if you've ever worked for a local business or just businesses in general, you know that there are networking groups, like in-person networking groups, where you go, you tell them what you do, and like you are the only one in that provides your service in that niche for that specific group. So there's web designers, there's print shops, there's any and every kind of business. And then in that networking group, you exchange numbers, you work together, you strategize, and you possibly hire each other for services that you need as a business, right? So this is the same thing with social media and communities and networking with people on social media is you start to build this network of creators from all walks of life and all different service and product offerings that you can rely on and refer to other people. That's what the business networking groups do as well as they uh, provide referrals to their other business friends because what you don't see from the consumer standpoint is that like I refer people all the time. I, like if if someone comes to me, a friend, another creator with like 100,000 followers, they come to me and they're like, hey, do you know someone that this happened the other day? Uh, someone that knows video editing. And I'm like, yeah, this guy knows video editing. And then boom, they work together and it's a self-sustaining creator economy. You see what I'm saying? Like 
it's hard to internalize this whole creator to creator self-sustaining economy because if you aren't a part of it you don't see it really all of the things that i buy that aren't like a car or a computer or something that's like a big one-time purchase i'm buying from other creators i'm buying services i'm buying products digital products physical products other things that fulfill my needs and that i want to buy and that's really it if, if i found what if i found like a a local a, a personal brand that is a raw milk farmer holy moly imagine how much how much they would get from uh like people on Twitter and how much they would make. And that's the thing is like, if you want to expand past being a creator and scale to some like eight figure, $1 billion company, then you can, but you can make one to, well, not one, uh, multiple seven figures as a personal brand without, uh, you can have a small team depending on how much work actually goes into the processes. Like if you create digital products, you don't necessarily need a team for that unless you have like a cohort or something else. But one creator plus a small team can get to one $5 million a year easily. And most people don't even need or want that. They can get to six figures easily to the glorified 10K a month easily. But then you have to take account into account like inflation and taxes. So honestly, a steady $20,000 a month is attainable by anyone that joins the creator economy and follows a proven roadmap to do so, right? We have those in Modern Mastery HQ. You don't have to join Modern Mastery HQ to get your hands on these, but you can start researching like how to build a personal brand, how to, uh, actually I do recommend MMHQ for that. We have a personal brand training with Eddie Kwan and with JK Molina, the ghostwriter. Uh, for getting to like your first thousand followers and building. Yeah, I recommend MMHQ. I shouldn't promote anyone else's products because I don't know about them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to learn the resources, the resources are available to you. You just have to go out and find them. I highly recommend buying courses just because it's specific knowledge. It's easily implementable. It's usually proven. And even if it's not proven, then it's usually low cost, low risk. And it doesn't really matter. So just buy a course on like growing on some platform, follow it to a T. So Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, pick one, grow. I recommend Twitter just because it's so easy to grow there. And it's writing. You don't need to edit videos. You don't need to do anything else. You just, you see what other, what is working for other people and you do what you have to do as a beginner. This is one thing, uh, I'll talk about in a bit, but you do what you have to do as a beginner. You play by the rules, you grow, and then you can start to do whatever you want as long as you're within the growth, authenticity, and authority pillars of a personal brand. And then you can sell whatever you want, right? If you, like, this is how silly it is because you don't need formal education to do this. You need results. You need results. And that is all that matters, really. Results and experience. Experience equals results. But let's say I knew nothing about health. I knew absolutely nothing about health, fitness, nutrition, etc. If I went and I studied that for a year, like hardcore studied it and implemented and gained 30 pounds of muscle with my newbie gains in a year, I shredded down. Um, 
I got on calls with other people for free. I gave them the advice. I taught them. I passed down my lessons and they got results. Then I have testimonials that I can leverage and I can start to package things up into a system and either sell coaching and increase my prices from free to $1,000 to $2,000. And I know coaches that sell $10,000, $20,000 packages. And that sounds outrageous to some people. But if you're selling to the right person where $20,000 is nothing, then it's a no-brainer and you have you have te- one client every month which is easy when you have an audience and people that are reaching out to you and want your services because they see the results you can get one two clients a month and you are at multiple six figures a year and then you create a digital product on top of that with that same system that you use in your coaching you sell that for 50 to 100 dollars and let's say you have an audience of even 10,000 people 10,000 loyal followers, uh, you can make, I I believe, well, I don't know, how much did I make at 10,000? From digital product sales at 10,000 followers, I was still hovering, I was hovering around like four to 5,000 a month in digital product sales alone with clients on top of that, right? So a a good amount of money was coming in at 10,000 followers and 10,000 followers is maybe, five, six months of consistent work. And most people can't make it that far, but because they don't have clarity on actually getting there and they can't stay consistent, they're not sure what they want to do, which is fine. That's an argument that I don't really understand is like, I don't know what to do. It's like, you're, you're in a business model that allows you to explore everything and teach and see what gets the best feedback. Like just learn stuff, experiment with them in real life And as you're going about life, distill the insights you get from it into content that does well on the platform by using something like Tweet Hunter, which is the scheduler that I use, or taking a course and understanding how to write good tweets. And then you just tweet those out on a consistent basis, three tweets a day, and you leverage the other uh, things to grow on the platform. It's almost foolproof once you understand what you're doing and how to get so let me, I, t- I said I was going to touch on this, but let me take it back to the whole, as you're a beginner, you have to play by the rules. So I wrote a tweet. It was, it was like, play by the rules until you know enough to effectively break the rules, something like that. And what I meant by that, it applies to many things, but I'll apply it to building an audience, right? The reason that people start on Instagram or YouTube or something else and just create content without a plan or without anything, they don't grow and they quit because they don't see results. Why? Because they don't know the rules. They don't, it's like playing a game. You don't know the rules. You don't know the mechanics. You're not going to have fun playing the game if you don't know how to play it, right? So on Twitter, there are, it's, it's the same on a lot of platforms, but on Twitter, it's like, okay, let, let's reverse engineer how you get followers. <laughs> One, you have a profile that looks somewhat professional and that shows that you are a creator, right? You have a good profile picture, somewhat professional, or at least gives off the vibe that you are trying to give off. So nothing like a selfie because it just looks like a consumer account. You have to make the switch from consumer to creator and then in your bio, right? A lot of people get this wrong, but the main part that makes your bio stick out 
and is what causes people to follow you because that's the first thing they read and see is the question, what's in it for me? When you read someone's bio and you consider following them, that's the other thing. You can reverse engineer your own thought process as you're on social media when you make the choice to like a post or follow someone or retweet them or buy their product, et cetera, et cetera. But you see the bio, what's in it for me? Okay, are you actually giving people something they want or a tangible pain point that you solve, a problem that you solve or a benefit that they can get from following you? What is it? It's not about you, it's about the audience, okay? And then the banner, what vibe are you giving off? Does it look professional, et cetera, et cetera? And so that's your landing page. When people visit your profile, that's what's going to make them decide to follow you or not. If you're not getting followers, but you're getting profile clicks, that's why. You also have to take into account the pinned tweet, right? A lot of people have a story or a viral tweet or just an actionable thread as their pinned story to show that they're providing value. Now, what does your timeline look like? Is it a bunch of shit that you just retweeted as you're consuming? Or is it your own content and some good retweets and some good replies to other accounts? right? It's, it's that simple when you think about it. And now it's like, okay, how do I get people to my profile? One, you can comment on other people's profiles with your own personal experiences and stories, not just re rewording what they said, but you comment because people go through the comments. That's where the consumers are, right? That's how you're going to get people to click on your professional profile picture because they see that you are a creator too, talking about similar things that they already follow and then they're going to follow you. You can also get people to retweet you by tagging them in posts. There are specific methods for this, like uh, writing a thread on one person with your their your favorite insights from them. And if they have 100,000 followers and see that and retweet it, then you're getting more eyeballs on your profile, right? Because they're exposing you to their entire audience. Now, so that was just to give some example of what's possible in this economy and it's truly what I think the world is moving to more and more and the the creator economy is still tiny compared to other things like it's it's there's so much money flowing there and <laughs> you might as well just join and take your piece of the pie but that's the thing the, the other thing I really like about the creator economy and why I'm starting to make it a big part of my brand is because every uh, every one of you should know how much I give the advice of pursuing your own interests and following your curiosity, right? Your intrinsic curiosity that comes from uh, detaching from the faulty perceptions that you have gained through cultural conditioning and, you know, being present, et cetera, et cetera, being present closer to nature, allowing your natural traits and masculine or feminine edge or like everything that comes with being present and acting from a state of internal peace as opposed from external distractions is a way that I put it. And if that's the thing in the creator economy, if everyone pursued their interests and solved the problems that they wanted to solve for their life's work and uh, created solutions for the problems that they've solved for themselves and the things that they feel pulled to create like carnivore aurelius with the beef liver jerky like daniel vasallo with the cutting board <laughs> the homemade cutting board and possibly more home goods 
and other people like uh, consulting and service businesses and Van Man with his toothpaste. Some people could sell healthy water. Uh, one person could start a garden in their backyard and start to sell uh, fresh produce and ship it to all of the holistic health people on Twitter. If everyone just did what they wanted to do from a place of uh, non-distraction and just doing what they want to do in the creator economy, then I feel like a huge percentage of the world could make money doing that. And I mean, even the photographers with NFTs, they're having more monetization options. Um, everything, quite literally everything. Think of any business and think how it couldn't be stripped down to one person creating something for another person that is also creating something, right? It's like it's like med medieval times. It's like traditional medieval trading, but through modern technology and a lot of people are about that ancestral lifestyle but that's that's what this is it, but there's no limits on who you can sell to and what creators you can get in contact with that's why this is so fucking important and i'll leave it at that because i'm kind of just rambling and i don't fully have this thought fleshed out yet my entire philosophy behind the creator economy i'm writing about it i will probably write about it in a newsletter but um, I guess with that, if you want to see the article, the next article I'm posting in Modern Mastery HQ is the one of how exactly I made 3000 a month with only 300 followers. So if you want to uh, read that, join Modern Mastery HQ. Podcast listeners get their first month for $5. So link in the description. If you want to see more of my thoughts on the creator economy as I develop this philosophy more, you can join the mastery letter for free. It's a free weekly newsletter that I put a lot of time into. Uh, link for that is also in the description. And uh, other things. That's really it. Modern Master HQ is just the place to be. Has so much more than what I talked about here. Quite literally impossible for me to explain the value of it all. Just read the landing page. See if it's a fit for you. If you want to join this creator economy, and as like woo-woo or weird or guru-y as it sounds, if you want to do what you want with your life and have a lifestyle that you enjoy with more than enough money to pay for these things or like pay for your lifestyle, then go for it. Join Modern Master HQ and you won't be disappointed. We have roadmaps, courses, 100, probably closing in on 200 plus strategies live trainings, Discord for personalized help, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe I'll see you in there. Maybe I won't, but thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed these. If you did, let me know on Twitter, and I'll see you on Monday. Who's coming on Monday? Cold Email Wizard? Yes, Cold Email Wizard will be on Monday. So look forward to that one. Peace.